This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect. We're helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. We're so excited that we're going to talk about windshields today between your vehicle repair questions with our expert, Mike Harbin, owner of The Righteous Windshield, with over 25 years of experience with glass. I am looking forward to hearing about this topic because it seems like this is just an area that is changing real fast. Tell us a little bit about your experience uh, with glass and tell us about what's been going on recently. Um, Well, I started at a big shop in Jackson um, around 92, 93. I can't even remember, but... um, you know, we just learned by doing it with the guys that were the experts back then, you know, the guys with experience. And come to find out, um, one of the guys I've been talking to him recently, he's uh, he had only been at it for like three years when I met him, you know, and he was training me. seemed like he was the, you know, had been there forever. But um, recently, in probably the last eight or ten years, um, the technology with the, the cameras and all that stuff and the rain sensors and, and whatnot has really um, exploded. And the last two or three years, it seems like, man, um, you know, cars will have seven different windshields that can fit in instead of just one like right. it used to be. And uh, it's a little bit more homework you got to do to figure out what part fits in the car, you know. But um, it's interesting. It keeps you on your toes, you know. Yeah, we had a, a limb go through the, the back window of a car and the antenna was through the back window. Right, right. Who'd, have, who'd have thought oh, yeah. that, you know, you need a piece of glass, but no, no, no. You need a piece of glass that has a radio antenna right. in it. Yeah, if it doesn't have a mast antenna, you know, like a hard uh, old school mast antenna. Uh, it's going to be in one of the pieces of glass, a lot of times in the quarter window. But So right. tell us all about the things that are embedded in the glass. What are all some of oh, wow. the features that, uh, you know, and this is just windshields. Right. Tell us about some of the, the features that may be in a windshield. Uh, um, the list is forever, but... Um, the first option I remember was rain sensors. And, uh, oh, maybe, okay. Uh, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it starts raining and wipers will work automatically. Um, a lot of them have a on the bottom where the wipers park at. It'll have a heated area down there. Um, they've got some that are heated all the way through now. And the, and the you know you got your defrost lines in the back glass. It's like that, but the lines are like hair. They're so thin you can barely see them. But nowadays they're, they're coming out with. Um, you know, uh, lane departure cameras, forward collision alert. The um, uh, crap, there's there's a million of them. I mean, the books probably about ten different things: condensation sensors and um, hyperbolic coating, and just there's all kinds of weird stuff. And you don't solar tent. You, know. you can't keep all of these in stock. Oh no, no. no <laughs> so how how does that work? I use a supply house. There's three big suppliers in Jackson, which pretty much all the glass shops use. And um, I just buy them one at a time, you know. Do they supply just the Jackson area, or does is there some on the coast? Do you know? Uh, I mean, they're they're around the state, but Jackson's kind of like the big hub. I know Mobile, Monroe, um, probably Memphis, you know. But um, 
they're they're all over the place, you know. Same same big shot, same big suppliers nationwide, and right. there's more than just three. I mean, there's dozens of them, but three big ones in Jackson, and they're all in Rankin County within three miles of each other. <laughs> Pretty crazy. That seems to be a lot of, especially trucks and uh, a lot of major automo- automotive things seem to happen in Rankin County. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on in Rankin County. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, really? And here's uh, one of the things uh, with your, when I think about cars is, uh, you know, tinting. Um, right. In Mississippi, everybody likes to have it as dark to, to keep the interior cool. And it seems like some of the tinting laws have gone got, gone back and forth. So if you buy a new car or a used car and you want a shadier interior, is is that a easy thing to do, hard thing to do? Um, I mean, there's lots of tent shops. The law, well, I mean, I, look, I had to look it up because I wasn't really positive about it, but um, the factory tent, you know, if you'll see a, an SUV that's got the dark windows in the back, that's going to be like, you know, a nationwide standard that they use on. Uh, Mississippi apparently has got it where you can have 28% of light come through at least. Um, and the front windshield can't be tinted at all, be below where, you know, that top strip where it's usually blue. There's an AS1 logo. That's a little stripe on the edge of the glass. And you can't tint lower than that. You can put any kind of tint you want unless it's reflective. Um, You can make it solid black up there if you wanted to. But you can't tint the whole windshield unless you've got like a vision thing or something from your doctor. I think you can get it that way. I've seen some some people with a full tinted windshield. How did you do that? You know, and it's something to do with their their vision or whatever, you know. Sensitivity to light. Sensitivity to light. And they can have it tinted that way. That's interesting. Well, I am so excited this morning. If you have a question about windshields, about glass with your vehicle, we would love for you to call in with our expert, Mike Harbin, who's the owner of the Righteous windshield. Our phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you could send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. I think we're waiting to get a, a phone queued up. And it's queued up. There we go. All right. Uh, Christopher, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Um, I have a question. I have a good morning first. Good morning. I have a 2015 Volkswagen Passat, and I've I've recently got an oil change. However, my oil change light has came on. And so I'm I'm wondering is – um, what could that possibly be? Could I possibly have a, a faulty sensor or could it be something a little bit uh, more dramatic than that? Okay, so it's a light that's telling you to change the oil specifically. It, it's not the oil pressure light. Um, so for everyone listening out there, what that is, it's simply a reminder, and it comes on at a certain mileage. Whether you've changed your oil or not, it's like... Hey, have you changed your oil? You you need to think about doing it and check your mileage and see if it's due. It's it's simply a a reminder to do that. And that's all that light is. And it doesn't mean anything's wrong or there's any problem area going on with your car. It's just like, hey, have you changed your oil? Check your mileage. Make sure that it's not due. And usually it comes on 
on average every 5,000 miles. I'm not sure how Volkswagen has theirs set up. Some of them are a little different. Some of them, like on Honda, say they say uh, maintenance A, maintenance B, maintenance C, and you have to go in and see what maintenance minder it is. That's what they call it with Honda. So some manufacturers have a little bit different system, but most of them, you're going to have a maintenance reminder of some sort every 5,000 miles, whether that's rotate tires or change the oil. Some of them are specific, like you're saying, the Volkswagen, where it says the oil is what, what you need to look at. Now, I okay. just had my oil changed, and the one of the tick marks on the receipt I got was reset oil change light. Right. Yeah. Could that have been his problem that the... It needs to the, be reset. The, right. Yes. The, the mechanic who changed his oil just didn't click it to reset it. That's right, yep. and didn't go through the procedure to reset it. And usually you can just Google it to find out how to reset those on your car. It's really easy to do. Anyone anyone can do it. On, for, on my car, you put the car on trip A, and then you turn the car off, and then you just hold the trip A, the odometer button, you hold it down and, and, and start the car, or you push on, you just go to on, and it'll flash until all the little dots are gone, and then your light, your maintenance lights right. back off. Right, it resets it back. It resets it back to start. Or could you go back to the mechanic and yes. say, I was just in here. Did you reset this and ask them to check out? Yes, you it? can. You yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Okay, Christopher, do either of those sound like good ideas for you? Yes, it does. Thank you. You're very welcome. We're glad that you've called in. Now we're going to take our first break, and we're going to continue our discussion of car glass with our expert, Mike Harbin, And when we come back from the break. But if you have a problem with your vehicle, just ask Allison. Maybe we should change the name to Just Ask Allison. (laughs) Uh, Call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-MPB-RING. 672-7464. You could also send us an email to our address, auto at mpbonline.org. Hey, is your car under recall? We'll have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, "Eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Now, if you can't listen to our show all the way through live, I hope you'll find our podcast. Maybe you could listen to us while you're doing your holiday baking. I love to make sugar cookies. Do you, I bet you, you do. What do, you, do you bake anything? I don't do Allison? anything food related. All right. Well, I, you, I, have a tiny, I told you uh, we need, I need a house husband. To <laughs> well, we'll see, about, we'll see about finding you one of those. So here one are the day. recalls for the week. There's, uh, there's quite a few. Well, seven. I don't know if that's a lot. The 2011 to 2013 Dodge Durango and the Jeep Grand Cherokee. The fuel pump relay inside the totally integrated potter, power module, module may fail causing the vehicle to stall without warning and increasing the risk of crash, and a remedy is still under development. 
the 2019 Ford Ranger, dealers will inspect the underbody inline connector, and if a terminal is loose, it will be repinned to a replacement connector for free. The 2019-2020 Chevrolet Silverado 1500 HDs and GMC Sierra's 1500 HDs, dealers will close off the opening in the pre-tensioner bracket of the front seat belts for free. The 2014 through 16 Chevrolet SS, dealers will replace the steering gear assembly for free. The 2012-2013 Fiat 500, dealers will replace the shifter cable adjuster for free. The 2012 through 2017 Mitsubishi i MIEV, I know EV is electric vehicle, uh, dealers will replace the brake vacuum pump for free. And the Mercedes, the 2019 Mercedes Benz, Mercedes AMG G Class, dealers will inspect, modify, or replace the front door wiring harness in the event damage has occurred for free. So you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration website that's n h t s a dot gov slash recalls and inputting your VIN number. We're talking about glass in your car with Mike Harbin, owner of the Righteous Windshield. We would love for you to call and be a part of our show if you have a question about windshields, about glass. Mike can take that. The rest of your car questions will be answered by Allison. Our number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Let's go to Pearl and talk to John. John, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Hey, I got a question for you, windshield guy. Uh, sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And I was going to ask him, I've got a speedometer on my windshield, and I went to go price the windshield, and they told me it was going to be about $100 more. Right. And, but they have a windshield that will replace it. Right. What's the difference in that? I would like to know the difference in that because, uh, you know, if it'll fit and I can afford it, because I'm with a tight budget and I right. want to make sure it would work. Because yep. um, it's a it's a um, reflective coating that they put in the lamination in the windshield, and during the daytime, your heads up display—that's what they call it, heads up display. Um, the heads up's not going to work as you may not even be able to see it at all during the day, but at nighttime, when it's dark, you'll you'll still be able to see that heads up. I run into that a with, lot with the regular glass with, yeah, versus with the reg- going right. ahead and getting the heads up. Now right. I have a heads up in my little sports car, and you remember when we replaced right. the glass in it? I chose to get just the regular glass and right. not the heads up display because it was so we much could, more expensive on that about, car. About couldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Work at night. That's that's yeah. what I really look at. That's it, right. It, on mine, I could even see it during the day a little right. bit. Yeah. So it is worth getting it. Yeah, it'll still work. It'll still work. It's yeah. just reflecting. Technically, you could probably put a little piece of reflective material on there, like mm-hmm. a little sliver of film of some sort. They oh, used that's, some, that's some good information. Yeah, some of the, the uh, when that when the heads-up display first came out, um, like mid-90s or so, they uh, the, the windshield actually had a patch. You know, it was like whatever size of a CD case or so. It's 1989 on my car, so it came out that really? long ago. Wow, yes. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, a little reflective patch. That's what yours looked like. It, it lo- yeah, it did. It yeah. looked like a so little reflective patch. So I was thinking, patch. hey, you could just get a piece of some kind of mm-hmm. film and put it on yep. the inside. But and then it reflected so well. Anyway, I didn't even right. worry about doing that right. on, yep. on my car. Yeah, I see that. I see that quite often, actually. Yeah, um, John, thank you so much for calling in. Yeah. Well, thank y'all so much. It was very helpful, and thank you so much. Yes, sir. Very, you. You're very welcome. So, Mike, can you can you downgrade your windshield? Can you upgrade your windshield? Um, the upgrade is going to be the the trick is what are you, well, you know, like as far as on heads up display, just say you'd have to get all the stuff to make the heads up display be on the on the dashboard okay. so it would work with that new windshield or say a rain sensor if your car didn't come with a rain sensor and you put a windshield in the need that calls for that you're gonna have to you know rig up some something um so upgrades not so hard but can you downgrade upgrade is uh, is hard um downgrading would be oh easy. i mean yeah upgrade uh, yeah probably you might not i mean if you've got a rain sensor wire hanging from your from your headliner um and you just don't want to use it you just tuck the wire and put the put the cheap windshield in it you know um, we've, we've seen that a lot and um most of them is going to be um just a year span thing like the truck looks the same but midway through the build they'll change the part number and just add a little cosmetic something um that's what we'll use usually um on the the, the newer number right um, because it's more popular and probably cheaper too you know okay um, interesting so anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right well let's go to biloxi ginger has called in ginger we're so glad you've called in to autocorrect go ahead Yes. Hi. Good morning. morning. I have a question about my uh, driver's side window. Um, I have the automatic windows. So lately I've noticed that when I roll it down and then roll it back up, it drops down about four or five inches. Hmm. So then I have to just kind of roll it up and down, up and down. Is it a BMW? (laughs) I get it to stay. Yeah, I was going to say, what kind of car is it? It's a um, uh, Nissan Altima. Altima. Interesting. Yeah. That an Altima is going to have a um, a cable. It's like a, a steel braided cable, little thin one, mm-hmm. and it runs on a spool. Right. That's pretty odd that that one's doing that um, because of the way I that know. it's made, uh, and it still works, right? I mean, it it'll still, still go up and down. You have to fool with it, hmm. right? It's just that you know, of course, I don't want to drive in this cold weather with right. the, the window open. Right. So I just kind of play with it up and down and up and down and up and down until I get it to. But you're saying about like halfway, halfway rolling up, it'll that. go through a reset procedure for Does it have the where, where it'll, like, you press the button and it'll take it all the way down and you don't have to hold it down? Like, you don't have right, to hold the button? Right, I have right. to, the, and I've done it manually, and I've done it automatically. And I see. It still and it's still down doing it. About four or five inches. Oh, you're saying when it, when it gets up. to the top, it comes yeah. back down? It goes that's exactly what it is. It goes all the way up. And then it drops down four or five inches. Right, like a garage door would if you got in the so Yeah, you just reset. need to reset it, yeah. So do, to reset it in my car, what you do to get the auto to work is you, you push and hold the button down. And right. when it comes all the way down, you sit there and you hold it for 10 for seconds. seconds right. And then you pull it up. Right. And it goes all the way up, mm-hmm. and you hold right. it for 10 seconds. Right. So you might right. want to try that. That's going to be, yeah, it's going to be specific to manufacturers. And I have um, to do that every time I take, I disconnect my battery in my car. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. I have to reset it. Toyota. 
It's Toyota. Oh, Would that be Prius. in her owner's manual, or should she contact uh, a dealer? It might be. Maybe. I wouldn't not. think it would be. May but have it might to Google be. it. Yeah, I would just Google it. I would, Maybe too. To I would just it. Google it and see if you could reset it somehow, because it sounds like it just needs reset. It's learned right. the wrong Right. It thinks that spot. It thinks that something's in the way. Like, it thinks that your right. hand's in the way, and it, and it tops out on that, and it's going to let it go down for mm-hmm. safety. Um, yeah, has that glass been changed out or anything? Has that door been worked on? No, it hasn't. Very interesting. He just started it's doing it. Car. I mean, oh, okay. it's like a 2006. Okay. Not that old. Ginger, are you Googleable? Can you do you feel like you yes, could you could do that? Yeah, I know that a lot of different cars have different messenger boards of their owners. That's right. And oh. forums, 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 forums. That's what you call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. You know, that might be something you could check into. That should right. pop right up. Cool. All so right. When I do, but when I'm going to Google it right now. It, if I go all the way down and hold for 10 seconds and I roll it up, you want me to do it manually and then hold it. Right. Maybe. I'm yeah. going to Google it right now and we'll say it on air when I find it. What was your Ginger. What was your brand in your make and model of the car? Ultima. Nissan Altima. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, Ginger, you keep listening. I, I've We've got crack experts. <laughs> crack experts scouring their knowledge base. So uh, we'll find that out about for you. Okay, Ginger? Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. All right. And if you have a question about your about glass, about windshields in your car, we would love for you to call in and speak with our expert, Mike Harbin, owner of the Righteous Windshield, who has over 25 years experience with glass. We've also got Allison Walker, our regular host, the lady on a mechanic, ASE certified. And we're here taking your questions about uh, your cars. Well, we just Googled it. Right. We found something interesting. Yeah, it looks like you got to actually. She would need to take this thing to a shop because you got to take the door panel off. Oh, or a windshield guy. Bum, yeah, or a windshield bum, guy, right? Bum. There's going to be a reset switch on the motor, apparently. And then you release, uh, press the switch, lower the glass bottom dead center position, which would be all the way down, release the reset switch. <laughs> oh, Ginger. I've never seen anything. Ginger, I, uh, apparently they've decided to make this. Uh, this is what do we call this? The. Uh, 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 automotive employment (laughs) (laughs) requirement because it takes someone this is a way to make sure you have to take it into someone because they've got to take the door off you might could do it yourself this is definitely a diy area that you can youtube it oh yeah it's easy it's super easy yeah it's literally like two screws okay and then you pop it off all right well (laughs) i'm calling shenanigans on that i would not (laughs) take my door off but maybe ginger's a well the door panel the door door panel panel. (laughs) maybe ginger's a better uh, home mechanic than i would be i would i would just be forced to find a friend or a someone to do that I see for here me. it says limit switch calibration on a YouTube video so she might could look that up that's uh, interesting I, I think I would need a little help for that mm-hmm. um, one thing about windshields is I when we moved to Mississippi you know goodness it was over 20 years ago but when we lived in Kentucky Kentucky law requires insurers to pay for auto glass repair or replacement without collecting any deductible but in in Mississippi it's 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 all fair game. Yeah, it, I think Florida's that way too. Yeah, the same way as Kentucky. Um, it used to be where in Mississippi when I first started, we were doing a ton of insurance work, and um, 
it seemed like everyone's deductible is 100 bucks. Right. Now, to get a cheaper rate, the deductibles are about 250 500 Right. Most windshields are not going to be $250. Right. And most people don't have a $100 deductible. So, I mean, I probably get... 10 windshields, maybe a dozen jobs a year that are insurance. The rest of them are cash. Oh, okay. Because the, you know, the rates and I don't know, it's just uh, the way they decide to do it here. Right. Well, let's talk about cracks and nicks. Tell us about uh, when a crack could be repaired, when it uh, needs to be changed out. Uh, Tell us about nicks when they need to be seen to. Give us all that Um, 411. This is a debatable topic beyond uh, the text that I know, and we chat about it. Well, that's one, Mike, that's one thing that we have said on this show. These are Allison's opinions. And another mechanic may have a different Mm -hmm. opinion, and we're helping to steer people in the right direction. Yeah. So we understand, but with 25 years, your opinion for a crack. I, I like to say if it's, um, you know, if you from the impact spot, if you can cover it with, I used to say a quarter, you could probably go up to about the size of a silver dollar, you know. But once that crack's run past that, um, personally, I don't mess with them um, because I'm in the <laughs> windshield replacement business, you know, but... Um, a lot of guys will look at it, and if, it's, if you can cover it with a dollar bill, then they'll fix it. Um, and then there's techs out there that'll do crack repair, but a crack's still going to be there. They're just going to make it to where you can't see it as well and hopefully not run. But in my opinion, once it's started running, it's going to keep running. You know. Um, uh, I see. So with the crack repair, it's it, it's going to. There's a good chance it's going to run right. anyway once you do it. What, you just get it where you can't see it for a little while. Yeah. If it's in your line. What we of sight. used to do on a crack, um, if like if we were repairing one, it went to running. You could take that bit. It's, it's basically a dentistry bit, a little tiny ball or sometimes a flat one. But anyway, you drill right at the tip of that crack and then you can fill it up backwards back towards the okay. original impact spot but I don't like doing that because it'll run through that one and then run through the next you know and you end up drilling 10 holes on the windshield well let, but, uh, let's stay with cracks <clears throat> so sure. it, getting them repaired or replaced is it purely aesthetic or is it safety, safety. yeah I, I hear that a lot um, it's not like a window pane in your house you know if you if you get a crack in your window pane in your house it's going to fall out the windshield, the front windshield specifically, is uh, laminated. So it's two layers of glass with like a polyvinyl between them or whatever. And that is to keep you in the car if you have a head-on collision or whatever. That, that windshield will come out and bubble up like a balloon. So if you get just a crack in it, it's not like it's going to fall in or anything. You know, um, Aesthetics. If it's right in front of you, it's going to create a glare. Um, and then over time, and really the law should, you know, well, I know people who've been pulled over for windshield right. and having a crack after inspections were ended in right, Mississippi. Right. Um, and that happened in Rankin County mm-hmm. to that someone I know. That inspection sticker law changed everything, for me anyway. Because um, that was a lot of reason that people got a windshield was because they couldn't get inspected. They couldn't pass inspection. Well, the thing is, is the cars still have to be inspectable. Mm-hmm. To drive around, I mean, you can't ride around with two spares and a muffler drag on the ground. You know, they're going to pull you over. Same thing with the windshield. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's broken up bad enough, they're they're not going to let you ride. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, see, I didn't even know that. Yeah, sure. So it's more of a safety issue as far as driving, because with it messing with your eyesight, with your vision, right? 
um, it's as, not, as far I mean, as technical drive, but it's like not a, coming in. in that, yeah, you could, it could look like a road map up there, and it's not going to fall in on yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. So we are talking about glass in your car. We'll get to Nick's next on um, in our next segment with Mike Harbin, owner of the Righteous Windshield. We're taking your car repair questions after the break. The number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You could also send us an email to our address auto at mpbonline.org. What's an unreliable car not to buy? We'll get to that after the break. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. I'm Robert Krilwich from Radiolab. We're told that smell triggers memories in the brain. So if you're in your car, let's try something. Roll up your windows and inhale, okay? There are some memories you cherish and others that just um, linger. But now here's a thought. How about contributing this barrel of aroma that is your car to your favorite public radio station? And you might even get a tax deduction. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. We hope we've, that you've downloaded our app for your smartphone or tablet, the MPB Public Media app. In addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media app, you can click on the support button and make a contribution. And we thank you so much for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We do rely on your contributions to maintain our towers, to purchase the national programming, and also to keep up our lovely studio. Consumer Reports has a list of vehicles that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their auto annual survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the beloved Ford Explorer. The 2002, the 4, the 6, the 12, and the 16 had various complaints. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this particular car before purchasing it as a used car suggests consumer reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams, he's the automotive correspondent for WFYI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. And his reviews this week are on the 2020 Volvo V20 Cross Country, the Kia Telluride, and the VW Atlas. But today we're talking about car glass windshields with glassman Mike Harbin, who also has over 25 years of experience. So we hope you'll call in with your glass questions. And But first, we're going to go to a fuel pump question. Let's go to Macomb. And Donald has called in. Donald, thanks for calling in today. Go ahead. Addison, I got a, a Kia 2008 
uh, 2.0, and uh, you would be driving along at 70 miles an hour, and it would the uh, it would drop to about 45 miles an hour. Could pull over and uh, stay there for for about five ten minutes, crank it back up, and you would operate normally. Finally, it quit uh, altogether. Uh, we pulled the fuel pump assembly out, uh, put a new fuel pump in it. It still would not crank. Uh, put a uh, fuel pressure regulator in it. It would not crank. And uh, finally, uh, we took it out and did a did a barrel test with it. Uh, now we're getting real good uh, flow from the fuel pump. But when you pinch the test line that's on the uh, fuel pump assembly outlet, uh, we're getting air bubbles like a leaking tire. Is that going to be a problem once we put it back into the unit? Hmm. Ooh. I, I'm really uh, not sure about that. I would assume that it wouldn't, but... I really, there's, I really there's don't thinking know on going that. on here, Donald. Uh, yeah, there's lots of thinking <laughs> going on. Yeah, a lot of head scratching. I mean, I'm drawing a blank okay, we, here. We had considered, we had considered that uh, to re- replacing the O-rings uh, in the fuel pump assembly and went to Kia, and Kia would not give us the number on those, on those O-rings nor the size. They said that we would have to, in order to get those O-rings, uh, one of those O-rings, we would have to pay four hundred and eighty some dollars for a, a complete right. fuel pump assembly, hmm. and we were trying not to do that. Right. Yeah, they wouldn't sell that separately no. at, at a dealership parts store like that. Um, so you think maybe that fuel pump assembly is perhaps faulty then, and the new one? Yeah, I'm, well, it, I'm really it, not it, sure. It has it has the the, the fuel pump. When you field test it with the battery into a uh, into a uh, a test gas ba- a gas container, uh, fuel will probably will go probably four or five feet uh, upward. Okay. And, and the uh, so we you know it has a new fuel pump in it. It has a new uh, fuel pump regulator. Uh, fuel pump pressure regulator is in it. Um, and when we, it, it works perfect. There's no air. But when you push the outlet test line on it, uh, we're getting a, a stream of air bubbles. I'm really not sure. And I have to wonder if it's something else is going on with the car. Because the chance of it being the fuel pump is so low, really, that that, that is the initial problem. I have to wonder if something else is going on. Do you have a check engine light on? No, there's no check engine light on. Okay. Um, I have to wonder if something more serious is going on with it or if it's just something different. We we can put fuel into the injectors and the the, the unit cranks up. Wow. That's interesting. Um, I'm really not sure. I have to wonder if maybe... Something in the electrical part of the line is gone, is not right. Well, if you uh, check to make sure you're getting power to the back, if something okay, is going on. On the, on the back side <laughs> of the connector at the fuel pump assembly, we're getting 12 point something. And, and then when we test on the inside of the fuel pump assembly connector, 
we're getting that that same reading. Wow, I'm really not sure what's going on. This is something I would have to diagnose myself, and I and I hate that I don't have an answer for you, Donald. But um, yeah, I'm just not really sure on that one. That one, I'd have to be there and and fool with it myself and go through. I mean, you're, it sounds like you're doing the right things to test it and check it out, and it's and you're still not able to get it to crank. I, I, so you sounds like your electrical is fine. I'm I'm really really not sure. The only other thing I think is to to connect it up to the connector and hold the fuel pump outside of the tank and turn the car on and see if it's pumping then like you hear it turning on just to double check the the ground. Sometimes you can be getting 12 volts to your electrical connector but your ground is not good. So it's not able to make the circuit. Um so you might want to double check that and make sure your ground is good. That's the only thing that I can think of that you haven't mentioned. Donald, but good luck with that. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have an, a, a direct answer for you on that. Gosh, Allison, it would be wonderful if you could solve everybody's problems within uh, three minutes, Donald. But uh, good luck, and I hope you can find a reliable, uh, trustworthy mechanic uh, that uh, can help you uh, out with that. We're going to take our last break. We're discussing windshields and car glass. We're taking your car repair questions. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You could also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. What's coming up? We're going to tell you. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified, and our guest, Mike Harbin, auto glass expert. So what's coming up this week, Allison? What's coming up in the future for you? I have an autocross event going on in Louisiana, in Zachary, Zachary, Louisiana, that's going to be on December 14th, I believe. I'll be racing my friend's Honda Civic, and that is in Zachary, Louisiana. Um, so if, I don't think, I don't know if our signal goes over that far, but if anyone's in Louisiana that's going to the autocross, I'll meet you there. I'd love to love to meet you. So feel free to come up to me and talk to me. Um, I usually wear a black Nismo cap <laughs> for a Nissan. Our signal is on the internet. It goes all it goes the way all around the world. Around the planet. <laughs> and I want to hear, I want folks to call in next week. Uh, the Christmas parades are all this week. And oh. I want to hear what the best car that they saw driving in a Christmas
Christmas parade is. Good one. Okay. So I want uh, anybody, any listeners who go to a Christmas parade this week, I want you to, to call us up and uh, tell us what kind of car you saw that you thought was pretty neat. Fantastic. Let's go to Forrest. And Jason has called in. Jason, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Yes, my question is concerning. I've got a 1995 Ford Escort, and I just replaced the alternator probably three months ago. And for about uh, the last two days, my high beam uh, bulb has went out, and in the process of it it going out, um, the high beam just got, like, as bright as, as any day could be. And my battery indicator light came on, and then my uh, my fan, my blower fan for my heater, it's really sped up to a really high speed, and then the high beam went out. Well, so I've just been driving around for the last couple of days with just low beam, and last night my low beam went out doing the same thing. Uh, I'm wondering if it could be a bad alternator or, or some other kind of indication of electrical problem. It's a it's a bad alternator. The regulator in the alternator is is not regulating the voltage coming out, and it's it's overspooling. It's just a matter of time before it goes out. I'd I'd take it out and get a replacement ASAP. Well, the other thing you can sure. I, I just got it tested uh, last night again at, at the auto parts okay. place. They tested the battery and alternator and said it was good, but okay. uh, maybe it could have been. A, a it might need further testing that that little right. machine doesn't do. That machine is just saying, hey, it's working. It doesn't say, hey, it's work overworking, right. perhaps. Okay. Um, what I would do, now this is for everyone listening. You can go and get an alternator remanufactured from an auto parts store, but you've got to understand that that's put together by Chinese people under duress. What I like to use is a local electrical, automotive electrical shop, and they will rebuild an alternator from anywhere from sixty to a hundred dollars on average. So it's actually cheaper, and you get a better product, and you support local businesses. And so, what I would recommend is take that alternator that's messing up and take it to them and have them replace the innards on it, and it'll cost you less. Or take it back to the place that you got it and get you another one for free. Okay. So that's that's your options. And right. more than likely, the next one won't be messed up. All right. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Jason. We're glad that you've called in. Let's go over to Corinth. And Mike has called in. Thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I was uh, looking this morning under AutoTrader at a 2017 Prius 4 and it showed an under the hood uh, picture and it looks like the cranking battery is now under the hood. This is a 017 Prius 4. Is this something new or? Yeah, mine's in the back of the car. The the cranking 12 volt uh, battery is in the back of the car. And also, the hybrid battery is sort of behind the back seat in the car. Yeah, I have an 09 Prius myself. Uh, I realize that we've had the cranking battery replaced once. It it is in the back, but I I believe the picture I saw is an under-the-hood picture, and to the right, it it looks like a cranking battery. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know about that, and I don't know why they would move it up front like that. Or, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not really sure. I haven't heard about that. I would look on some forums for Prius and see what they're saying about the, the this new 2017 or, or late model Prius and okay. see. 
Thank you. Enjoy your show. Oh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Mike. Allison, what have you got for Mike? Other I've, Mike. I've this got, Mike. This Mike. I've got a few questions. Um, one of them is, do you notice a difference between manufacturers on how they put windshields in and are some better than others? Um, are you talking about the... Manufacturer quality of of the design of the, how they... The glasses. So you're talking about between, like, say, Ford versus Chevy? Yes, I that am. Um, yeah, they're all a little different. Um, they're all a little the different. The thing is, is the... The adhesive system mm-hmm. and uh, the glass itself okay. are going to be similar. Okay. Um, this, the thickness of it, okay. the adhesives are all, I mean, they use different manufacturers for the glues and whatever, but um, it's mostly the trim, the cosmetic trim right. okay. that, that looks different on them. And like, say, Nissan now and Toyota, I mean, across the board, every single Toyota is pretty much the same feels like the same job to me because the way the trim is okay. put on. Um, and do you like that? Like that's better for you? Yeah, because yeah. once you figure out, classic, like say once you figure out a certain clip, mm-hmm. you know, like on a Honda, you figure that one You've clip out, it. then you got all of them. So on a, say American manufacturers don't do that. It'll be a lot more difference um, in variation or late, whatnot. They all go through phases, you know. Okay. Like, um, okay. Ford had a certain way they did everything and Nissan too, and then it changed and then it changed. And it's almost like everybody follows everybody else you know like now they're making them to where it's just an exposed edge on the glass it's not even a it's like you can see the very edge of the glass wow where they used to have trim over it all the way around um toyota you can't find on hardly any of them now a chevrolet truck the old chevrolet trucks took an hour to do Mm -hmm. the new ones take 30 minutes because you don't have to mess with a bunch of screws and taking a bunch of trim off and putting molding so it's gotten better over time as far as how they how they do that most of the time that's interesting and i'm sorry that's a nerd question for me (laughs) so like no one's interested in that um let me ask a good question that's a little better is what's the best way to break into your car and which Uh, glass do you break if you have an emergency wait a second yeah Breaking well, in. Well, we have a, a lot of people well, break the wrong out. glass. Right. Oh, okay. Like if you're stuck out somewhere. Or um, there's a baby or something. Yeah, a baby in the car and you need to break in. Um, I, I just I just watched a video the other day and it was a windshield tech, you know. I'm just trying to do a little homework. And the the customer asked the guy, it's like, look, if I get locked out of my car, what window do I break? He said the smallest one. I was like, no, 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 dude. <laughs> you don't break the smallest glass. Um, I would say... If your windshield's cracked already, just jab a hole through that joker. But yeah. if you're going to break one, break the uh, break one of the front doors, the yeah. front two doors, because just because it's, it's more smaller, isn't right? It? Just because it's smaller doesn't mean it's going to be cheaper. Yeah. On a lot of cars, the uh, that little tiny triangle vent window yeah. on the back door, that could be the highest part on the car. Yeah. No right. So a lot, a lot more expensive than mm-hmm. just a driver window. Right. One or of your front door. Window. One of your front doors is gonna be your best shot. Oh, and did you see the video that just came out? What was it? Elon Musk and their new truck, and he told them to <gasps> oh, smash yeah. it. He, yeah, yeah. You just try to smash the window, and they did. Oh yeah. It, yeah. Did. <laughs> they weren't happy. You'd be amazed about that. How, how tough the side windows are, though. They're yeah. tempered. It's a totally different type yeah. of glass in the windshield. Well, I was curious um, if there's procedures that you do to make it safer on an install. Um, that that you go through as a as a glass okay. expert. Um, sure, I mean your um, primers. You know, make sure the glass and the and the body um, are clean. And um, you know, if you scratch it or go through like a seam sealer or something like that, okay. um, you're going to want to prime over that. And I actually had, uh, did an Impala a couple weeks back and uh, good install and everything. But where that seam sealer is from the, the roof panel to the A-pillar panel, 
it's like three layers thick of pinch wheel material and that stuff had got it's like clay almost it's real anyway um, that's interesting it had, it had gotten loose and the, it was leaking mm-hmm. between the sheet metal in there mm-hmm. is where the drip was coming from so anyway i had to do some rigging to, to fix it up yeah but, and then um, seal it up it was just a really tiny it. i mean it was like a pinhole yeah in that in that stuff in that seam sealer stuff yeah. but it's basically just um looking at what you're doing and make sure you get it cleaned and prepped good and uh which takes years deep. of it takes a long time to be a good tech and something that's what we were uh, talking about before we came on air is that you want someone with a lot of experience the same way you do with the car right. and some of the bigger places are it's kind of like oil change guys it's got they're they're just kind of going out there and being trained minimally right. and then put in there and they're not doing it right and I've had it happen to a windshield for right. me I'm not going to name the company but it's a big one and I had to call them over and over and over to get them to get that windshield right, right and they never got it right. right and they didn't put the trim back on right and um, right. I think it ended up leaking and it was a problem with, with me it was um, you know we when I first started they kept all the guys that they were training in the shop. And if they if they put a rookie out on the road, it was going to be with one of the older guys. Okay. So you you know you weren't ever out there, you know, as a two month. But now <laughs> they don't guy. do that. Yeah, I mean, they just throw them out and, there. you know, you're going to think if you take it to a shop, you're going to get a better job than if you um, got it done mobile service. Mm-hmm. But a mobile service guy, even if he works for the big company, is going to be a guy that knows what he's doing. Okay. You take it to the shop, you can you bound to have one of the new kids on it. Yeah, oh. you're not sure. The mobile guy didn't do. Yeah, it he's right going to have more tools. They're going to have more yeah. tools and access to everything. Yeah. But. You know, like I said, it could be a kid working. So I'm basically encouraging <clears throat> right. people to use a smaller, independent windshield guy like well, Mike. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, and that's that's something that we say all the time here is use right. the independent shops for mechanics. So that, that applies to Autoglass too. When he called. All right. No, we're we're done. Oh, we're done. That's it. Oh, heck yeah, that done. wraps us up for today's <laughs> AutoCorrect. We fast. thank Kevin Farrell and uh, Java Chapman for helping us out. So for Allison Walker, who you. You can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as The Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy show, Kids and Teens, with Dr. Morgan McLeod. We hope you join us next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 